Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We just finished talking about healthcare and, and the crisis that we're seeing there. Similar situation in a lot of ways, and not nearly as dire for most of us. I mean, it's a big deal, but I mean, of course, it pales in comparison to our health and safety. But we're talking about what's going on in our hospitality industry and specifically in restaurants. And I don't know about you, but I've been to a few restaurants, some of my faves that... Um, I think one of them might be closed permanently now, but I know they had big signs up when we showed up saying, you know what, we can only stay open until eight tonight. We're not open on this day. We're not open on that day. We just don't have the staff. We don't have the people. And we've done a number of segments uh, in the past months about the restaurant industry and how much trouble they're having attracting people and getting people to to fill all the shifts that they need to operate at full capacity. Um, what about benefits? Is that possibly, we've talked about, you know, wages and incentives and other ways, could benefits, which have never been industry standard, could that be something that we see going forward? We're going to chat with Bruce McAdams, who is a restaurant researcher and an associate professor in the School of Hospitality, Food and Tourism Management at the University of Guelph. Bruce, thank you for joining us. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you, Shay. So this labor shortage that we're seeing in Canada's restaurant industry, it, it's not gotten any better, has it? I mean, we're still in a situation where really short of workers. You know, uh, in my 30 years in the industry, we've always had shortages. Um, but honestly, this is the first crisis we've really faced. And it's, it, as you mentioned, it's existential. It's, it's affecting uh, operators' hours, whether yeah. they can open, whether they can open for a season or they can stay open late at night if they can open their patio. And, and this is all because of, uh, you know, lack of, of not only staff but management. It used to be that most of the shortages were found in the kitchen, um, and that was a continuous issue. But now uh, even finding service is a challenge and finding managers as well. Um, is, there, is there any way of putting a number on it? Do we know? I mean, is that possible to say, you know, we're short 10,000, 50,000, 100,000 workers in the country? Between two and three hundred thousand dollars, or two hundred and three hundred thousand workers in food service right now, and that's out of about 1.2 million uh, jobs that there are. So there's about 20 percent of the, the workforce right now, uh, 20, 25 percent were short. Now, we know there's a shortage of labor in just about every industry, so it's tough. It's tough to try and get people to come and work for you. You've got to put together the right package. And we've talked before about how restaurant operators are, are trying to do that. So are, are the incentives continuing? Are they still trying to come up with ways to entice people to come and work in the restaurant? Absolutely. And, and things are, are speeding up out of necessity. You know, before COVID and before the existential crisis we're in right now, um, there were progressive employers that had started offering benefits to hourly, you know, frontline workers, not just salaried management. Uh, and, and that had, you know, was a small percentage of restaurants. It really, as you mentioned, wasn't something that was, was common. And the industry has struggled, you know, uh, with a bit of a stigma as a transient um, industry where you go for part-time work or you go between jobs or while you're, you know, you're working a second job to save money for a house or something like that. So, you know, this is also part of the industry evolving and saying, you know, we better we better start looking more like a secure and stable yeah. career for people, not just a, a transient job. And, and there's an association with 
benefits and, and stability and security and, and sort of a, a higher end industry. So definitely moving for, for those reasons. Yeah, and you make a good point because I think for a lot of people, although a lot of people will spend their entire lives working in the hospitality industry, you know, but outside of management, I mean, for servers and things like that, I don't think it's ever been viewed as, as a career, right? It's always, well, I'm doing this while I go to school or while I, you know, while I look for another job. It's always sort of had that kind of thought process. It, it did. And you know what? And we had people. We had an endless supply of people because there was always young people coming up. Yeah. And the demographics, the way they were, there was always the supply. But what's happened now is it's the same feeling that this is a temporary transient uh, industry. And when we go to the labor pool, there's no one there now to fill the jobs. So, so this is uh, why we are where we are now. Um, so, you know, when we talk about benefits and health benefits, that's never really been part of the equation when it comes to restaurant staff, has it? No, management staff and restaurants for some, but yep. uh, frontline employees, no. And, and there's a cost associated. The restaurants that I've dealt with that have brought benefit packages, it's, you know, around $1,000, $1,200 for an individual plan and up to $1,800, $2,000 for a, a family plan. So it's a significant uh, cost increase, but this is something that, that – uh, employers now are trying to differentiate themselves any way they can in such a competitive market. So, so this is something that's very easy for them to do. It's, it's you know, changing other things like, um, you know, working long hours and working holidays and things like that. That's a harder thing for the industry to deal with. But this is something that, that restaurants, if they want to make the investment, can do and check that box and say, we offer benefits and and the other the other uh, restaurants aren't. I wonder if it could create another problem. I, I, and you know, like that cost you mentioned is pretty significant. So if you're, you know, you're running a small family restaurant, a mom and pop operation with a couple of staff, bringing in that benefit is a big hit. Whereas if you're a multinational corporation with chains of restaurants in six different countries all across the, you know, you've got hundreds of outlets and thousands and thousands of staff. It's a different calculation. Could that sort of set up a a two tiered system within restaurants where you know the smaller operations just can't offer the same benefits. Well, I think even more than cost, Shay, is is the expertise and the and the ability sure. to to implement the plan. And where I'm seeing the barriers is when I'm speaking to small operators, they're like, I wouldn't know where to start to yeah. have benefits for my from my employees. So there is probably a cost equally associated with both, but where the, the small restaurants really hurt is not having the expertise or, or not the knowledge knowing, hey, where do I even start? You know, I've had my business 20 years. I've never paid benefits. I don't, who do I call sort of thing. So that's a big barrier. Yeah, that makes really good sense too. So do you think this is going to be something that uh, does become industry standard? Is this something that restaurants are going to have to incorporate into their planning? I, I think it, it is. And it's funny, once, once you offer benefits, it's hard to start taking them away. Yeah. So I think we're going to see this move over the next year or two where, where a significant amount of employers are doing this and that will then become and move uh, the industry standard a little higher, which in, in the long run, will be a better thing for the industry. Sure it will, yeah. Will it work, though? I mean, like you say, we're talking yeah. long run. There's a lot of places worried about how they're going to open the doors this weekend. Absolutely. So this is not a this is not a short term um, fix for the industry. It could be a short term fix for the operators that that put it in place. So that's probably where the benefit is going to be for for those uh, operators that can get something like this working right away. The industry is still going to struggle as as it morphs and and tries to grow into being a better employer. And, and you're going to see lots of other things. You're going to see, you know. Um, 
profit sharing, uh, education, pay, RSP matching. You're, you're going to see um, better scheduling. You're going to see paid sick days. You're going to see the landscape hmm. really change. Yep. And that will completely, because like you say, that takes um, that whole casual, transient nature of that work and turns it into a career, essentially. Yep, and that's what the industry is going to have to do because yeah. the the demographics are not showing any any signs of changing and getting more young people. And and honestly, the young people uh, are not attracted to the industry like they were years ago. Um, there's just a lot not a lot that are entering. And unfortunately, I hear firsthand from my students because of this labor crisis we're in. Restaurants aren't operating at their ideal efficiency. I don't yeah. know if you've noticed it, but it's so so kids that are going in the industry right now are are really going into some challenging um operations just because of dealing with the labor shortage and so it's it's you know it's this catch 22 situation where they're going to have less than great experiences and say holy cow this is what being in a restaurant <laughs> is like I'm, you know so so we're in a bit of a we're in a bit of a pickle the industry yeah, no question about it, and have been. And, and, and like you yep. say, it's going to take lots of different strategies to try and turn things around. Uh, great insight, Bruce. Thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. Thanks, Shay. Have a good day. You too. That is Bruce McAdams. He is a restaurant researcher and associate professor in the School of Hospitality, Food, and Tourism Management at the University of Guelph. And that's kind of interesting. I mean, we've talked before about how uh, the way that we work um, has changed and now this whole hybrid environment for a lot of people and work from home and, and all the rest of that stuff has sort of become part of our conversation when we talk about, you know, career life balance and all the rest of that stuff. I wonder, could we be seeing a fundamental shift when it comes to the restaurant industry? Because I think, you know, you do have people who make a career out of hospitality, but typically they're managers or, or something like that. When it comes to servers and, and the rest, now that they're talking about bringing in benefits and all the rest of that stuff, does that change the way we view this? Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.